I don't know about you, but I'm frozen. <laughs> it was better this morning when we had to move the, what you see here. It kept our blood running, but uh, God help us. God help us. Let the cold weather be the only problem on the sea of life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I think there's nobody here or online who has not taken a picture with a cell phone yet. And uh, you know there's a problem with us taking too many pictures with the cell phones. Because they distract us from what happens in the world. We just look at the screen and we think we're visiting and we're, we're, we're having good time with those who are around us. But in reality we're all enslaved to the phone, distracted, sinking like Peter in the water. But we know how to find that button. And we take a picture, and we look at it, and we admire it. <clears throat> and then the other pictures we take end up in the same folder there, and they might delete them, or by mistake they end up somewhere, and we forget about them. Thousands of pictures. Today there's a picture that I would like you to take home with you and never forget. It is so important that the church brings to us regularly. And this picture, imagine this now. You're about to press the button. I'm going to tell you what's going to be in this picture. You are going to be in this picture. In this. And when they entered the boat, the wind ceased. Imagine this. Peter holding Jesus' hand, the storm beating, the waves, you know how big waves could be out here, and how we try to go away, the waves being so big, walking the two of them on the water. And when they entered the boat, the storm stopped. This picture is of you holding God's hand, entering the boat. And when you do that, the storm stands still. The storm of the hardship of our lives. Introduction to the episode today. Two pieces. Number one, as the, math, as the evangelist Matthew tells us a few chapters before the one today, the same disciples were in a storm before. And that time Jesus was with them on the boat. And they were with Jesus. You see, Jesus was asleep. On purpose. And when the storm hit hard, they were frightened. And they said, Lord, save us, we are perishing. And He came out to them. And He said, Why are you fearful, all you of little faith? I am with you. Don't you fear. I am with you. And he condemned them for their little faith. And the storm stopped. And they said, who in the world can this man be if the nature listens to him? Part 2. Just last Sunday, we heard here how the disciples were commanded to give the 5,000 people to eat. And how the Lord took what the little they had signifying what we bring to Him to multiply. Everything we have, bring it to Him. 
and with the two five with the five loaves and two fish, they fed. That's the disciples, the twelve of them. Five thousand people with what the Lord was giving them, from what they brought to the to, to Christ, they fed so many. A miracle that for us signifies the Holy Eucharist. A miracle that was so powerful that the multitudes could not forget. And neither did the disciples. They were so much after Christ, they wanted to be with Him, that He had to play a little trick on these people, the thousands who were coming there to be healed. So to escape this situation in the situation from the desert, the Lord told the disciples, you go first. You get on the boat. And I know what's going to happen with you. I'm going to take you a step higher with the storm now. The first time you learned to have faith in me because I'm with you, now you're going to learn something else. But get out of here so I can deal with the thousands, with the multitudes. So what did he do? The gospel says, he made the disciples compel them, just go in the boat. Come on, come on, come on. Get out. He made the disciples get in the boat. And then the people were tricked because he went up in the mountain to pray. Teaching us that the time for prayer requires a little bit of ascension from the world. And that he prayed seriously there for quite a bit. Because, as we learned today, as he was praying, about between 3 and 5 or 6 in the morning, in the middle of the night, which is the worst time for unrest, insomnia, ruminating on problems that we might have with our health, with our families, with our kids, with God knows what, and we wake up and it's so bad. That's the worst time. The disciples now were still sailing. How would you be after six, seven hours of sailing on the boat in the midst of a storm that was so bad that they fear for their life? This was a lot of pressure on them, but it is at this point where we continue from the previous two lessons of the Lord. That He has power over nature, and is there, and that He has the, the power to give life, to give life, to feed, through the, through the disciples. Miracles. And you would think the disciples were so strengthened, so beefed up in their faith, that they could, they could do anything. So in the midst of this, as they were crying for their life, they were feared, fearful, the Lord Jesus Christ appears to them, walking on the water. And they thought He was a ghost. The ones who were with Christ until now, sight to His sight, who saw His power, who knew that He was able to, to have control over the stormy sea, over the nature, saw Christ. And they were not sure it was Him. This is a question mark there that they dealt with because of the fear they had to go through. They were not able to recognize the Lord. But Peter, thank God for Peter. Thank God for Peter. Responds to Christ's invitation, calling, urging them not to be fearful. The Lord said, take heart, it is I. It's me. It's me indeed. Take heart. Do not fear. Have no fear. And Peter responds to this. He says, Lord, if it is you, 
command me to come to you on the water. Bid me to come to you on the water. And we need to be careful here, because Peter doesn't say this, man, you might be the Lord, or maybe you're not the Lord, so now I'm going to test you to make sure. He's a test that you, this, you're not a ghost. This is not what he's going through. The Holy Fathers make this clear. That Peter is asking the Lord God to enable him to go to him. Because he loved Christ so much. And in the midst of the affliction, he felt he had to express his love to Christ. He had to be with him at his feet. Teaching us that when we are in the troubled waters of life, desperately struggling with with ourselves first of all, with circumstances such as the COVID now, the virus, with temptations such as the, the bodily ones, the lust, the sexual temptations that defile the body, this temple of God, as Jacob read from the epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Don't you know this is the body of Christ, the temple of God? Don't you defile? These are temptations that come through our minds, and then the defiling our bodies during the temple, desperately struggling with sorrow, We are here today to remember Sandy. It's a year since she passed away. And how sorrowful we have been since then. But also how peaceful we've been. Knowing how she died and how faithful she was. Desperately struggling with sorrows. With decisions that we might have made that were wrong. We struggle with these. We struggle with these. So on the sea of these struggles, Peter now, with love, goes to Christ. Ask Him, call me to come to you. And the Lord says, okay, fine, come. Commands Him, come. So He walks on the big waves, the storm, the rain hitting. He walks on the water. And now we know that He gets distracted. Just like the cell phone distracts us from enjoying life and being there. He gets distracted not by the big waves, not by the lightning, by the wind. And as he does this, he starts sinking. As we too get distracted, as we fight to walk straight, to go towards the Lord who calls us as Orthodox Christians to the kingdom of God, we too get distracted. And we fall. We sin. We become subject to passions. We lose it, as we say. The fuse breaks. And we break relationships with God, with one another, and truly with ourselves. We break those. And we start sinking. But this is the beauty of the lesson, brothers and sisters, today. It is that Peter did not abandon his course. The Lord calls him, O man of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter did not lose his faith. That would have been a disastrous thinking in the mouth of the sharks. 
the devil. Peter doubted. He decreased the level of his faith a little bit, just like it happens to us. It goes up and down, up and down, up and down, and the waves hit, and Christ is calling us. He did not lose his faith. You see? Peter did not find, did not seek the help of the disciples behind him. He didn't say, Hey guys, I'm sinking! Throw a rope! Hey mom, grandma, friend number one, friend number two, I'm sinking, come take care of me. No, what did he do? He continued to look that way as he was going down and, and, and called on the Lord, Save me. In the Greek language is source on me. Now, save me now, Lord. Save me now, Lord. And thus, stretched his hand, receives in his hand the hand of the Lord, who helps him continue his journey, and then take him back to the boat. Click the snapshot. Your picture to take home today. Jesus and Peter walking on the waves in the storm. Entering the boat. We call this boat the church. And the storm calms down. What an amazing thing. Note here that the Lord Jesus Christ did not calm the tempest again. He wanted the disciples to grow beyond knowing that He has the power to do this. He wanted them to be able to deal with the waves, with the lightning, with ourselves, with circumstances, with temptations, with sorrows, with decisions, and make it through. And always have this picture in mind. Christ is there to hold my hand. He will walk with me through the storm. Given that I turn to Him. Given that I still look at Him. And given that I call to Him. Lord save me. And here's the miraculous end of the story. After the snapshot. Not only, not only was Peter now brought to the shelter. But what do we learn? The wind ceased. And those in the boat. Those in the boat. There's one thing to be in the boat or on the shore and watch the storm. And there's another one to walk in there. But those in the boat now who have only gotten a, a view of this, spectators, worshipped Him. They worshipped Christ. Saying, truly you are the Son of God. Giving us the key to growing this community of St. John the Baptist into a flourishing church by worshiping God after the storm Christ brings us here the true worship and faith the spirit includes Eucharist participation in the Holy Eucharist and giving thanks remember that this is a two way thing what we bring the five loaves and the two fish and what we take Time after time. So worshipping now on the boat. Bow down. Truly are the Son of God. And then they have crossed over. Alright, so what do you take home now? The snapshot. Jesus Christ the Savior is there to rescue us.
to hold a hand and take us into the boat. Well, here's the question. How do we call to Christ, save us? What do we do when we're on the waves? It's easy. We know of this. The Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, the sinner. Have mercy on me. But really, what else are we to do? So I'd like to read to you now a long story here, a letter written by an elder who died in 1959. Elder Joseph the Hesychast was canonized to be a saint in the church, one of the most recent saints of our church, this May. He died in 1959. Today, St. Joseph the Hesychast. A man who wrote to those who wrote him. There were no cell phones back then. And what I'm going to read to you now is a letter that he addresses to somebody who, just like you and I, is going to Jesus on the stormy water. And I'm going to take the time to read this to you, in order, and me, myself, in order to learn what to do when we sink. How to, how to reach that hand of Christ, and how to call on Him. How to do that. And you'll find out quickly on what kind of storm this woman was caught. And you can replace her storm, her troubles, with your own. Including the ethnic, I'm sorry, the racial struggle. Including the, the COVID. Including your jobs. And our finances. St. Joseph the Hesychast is celebrated. He died on the 15th of August, on the Feast of the Dormition of the Theotokos. Because of the great feast, his remembrance has been moved to the day after, the 16th. We will remember him here next Sunday for the first time in the church. Until then, this Wednesday evening, Dr. Michael will give to us a short presentation about him before our fellowship hour. In the words of St. Joseph the Hesychast, look how he talks, how simple and powerful his language is. Who knows, my child, the judgments of God? Everything is known to him. He sees everything, and nothing escapes his notice. But no one knows his will. The works of Satan are nothing next to the power of God. So when the Lord tests us, as He knows best, we should show our patience and thankfulness. Now then, my child, if His divine will is in accordance to our desire, certainly you will get well. Now you see this person was sick. But if He foresees something that we do not know, since as God He sees and judges differently from above, then you will not get well. Nevertheless, we do not lose our reward. It is stored up in His kingdom. So, be patient and struggle. Just recently, on the eve of St. Catherine's, I had a great struggle with Satan because of you. A visible fight. I was wondering if perhaps you had gotten well. Satan was furious, screaming. I stood at prayer all night for you, and all day as well. 
so that God might show mercy to you. Finally, he, the devil, left and did not come back. So tell me, how are you doing? How are you getting along? Is Satan troubling you? Have patience. It is in this manner that you should pray. Here's how you should pray. I, my dear God, want you to make me well, so that I may bless and glorify you. But on the other hand, if you know differently what is profitable for the salvation of my soul, may your will be done. The all-good God, my good child, does not do anything that is not for the benefit of our soul. Whether it is be an illness, or a temptation, whatever He lets happen to us, He does for our benefit. Many times we grumble, become indignant, and do many bad things. Whereas He, out of His great love, has only our soul's best interest in mind. For He knows that we are there temporarily, and that everything will soon pass. When this exile of ours ends, and the true eyes of our soul open, then we shall gratefully thank Him for everything. So then, my good child, always have patience. I'm informed that God gave you this trial because of your kindness. But whatever He wills, He can take it away. When I saw your parents, I told them to go to their spiritual father, to confess everything which they have never yet confessed, to say everything clearly, to remember any sinful thing since childhood that they have forgotten. For without frank confession, neither are you helped, nor do they go to paradise. In confession, your father should tell about the oath he took. Your mother should tell about the burden she carries since the first years of her marriage. And likewise, all your siblings should confess everything. Everyone in the house should make a general confession to be cleansed, unburdened, and to become children of eternal life. And you, my child, write to me about whatever happens to you. And do not be afraid of the tempter. Just say the prayer without ceasing. He, my dear child, is the tempter, the devil. And only the prayer burns him. And fasting severs, cuts off his nerves. It unnerves him. So, have infinite patience and thanksgiving. Pray and fast intensely. And may God destroy him. I am praying for your health, for your happiness, as well for your parents and siblings. Let them be careful. Let them exert themselves. Let, they, let them take care of their salvation. Wow. I'm sure this made some of you feel uncomfortable. In a good sense, I hope. You see what we have here? Jesus is revealed to us as the Son of God. 
in His church. He's giving us a community. A community of people who walk on the water, sinking and reaching for His hand in this way. In prayer, in fasting, in repentance, in confession, all together. And we hear here from St. Joseph that when we come short of filling this, or fulfilling these things, we affect one another. And boy, how much we are called to, be, to love one another, and how important these things are. How else do we reach to the, to the hand of Christ as we walk on the waters of life? Patience. Patience, endurance, and thanksgiving for the storm. For the storm. Back to our episode here. Snapshot. Click. What do you take home and never forget? Although you sink, the church is here. Christ is here offering Himself. First of all, in the sacraments. The one He just finished with the disciples here, feeding the multitudes in the Holy Eucharist. Preceded by the Holy Confession. In His community. In His saints, such as St. Joseph. The Holy Virgin Mary. And that the storms are beneficial. The great lesson today, that Christ teaches His disciples and us, we need a storm to be able to prepare for the next one. And with Him, holding His hand, we too come to the boat to enjoy the storm that is calmed, only to wait for the next one to come. So brothers and sisters, let us thank God for this. For His teaching today to the apostles and to us. For our community, for the saints, and for this picture that He depicts to us today. Him holding our hand. Amen.